There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Take Off with John Clark, presented by Live Casino Hotel and our special guest this week. Philly guy, Jason Kelsey joining us now. And as you see the shirt, Underdog Philadelphia, Underdog Apparel, it is officially launched. And I mean, what better name yeah. than Jason Kelsey, huh? It's officially up and running. Uh, a lot of uh, 2017 references, but, you know, largely was made to kind of uh, embody the city, its persona, and, uh, you know, the pride that we all take as being Philadelphians. So it's up and running, 24 hours in. Uh, we did $150,000 in sales and uh, over 1,500 orders. So thank you for supporting. Yeah, it's a lot of success so far. That's awesome. And we're going to get yeah. into the charity and the foundation that you started. And I appreciate you doing this because you're always so thoughtful with the media. When the media, we all ask you questions because basically it's giving insight to the fans. Right, yeah. No, I, I, you know, obviously the fans are the reason why we're able to play the game. And uh, media is the one way that we get to connect and and you know create that relationship with all the fans out there so so i remember at the beginning of this season and and i kind of judge sometimes when you speak and i notice the number of f-bombs i say to myself okay <laughs> he's, he's being serious yeah he's what? being serious and he thought about this one like he wanted to get a message out there and you talk yeah. about everybody in philadelphia is talking super bowl maybe players start to hear it how do you think the eagles have handled that so far four and oh with with you're now maybe targeted a little bit as a team. Yeah, I think the message remains the same. And I think uh, we've done a good job as a team. Coach uh, Sirianni's done a good job of preaching the same thing over and over again. His big thing is dog mentality. You know, you just doesn't matter what's going on, what the expectations are, where you're at. You, know, you got to come out and be the same every single time you step out on the field. You got to come out there ready to work, ready to get better, ready to dominate on game day. And um, I don't think any of that changes, you know, um, we're really fortunate. We have a great team this year, have a lot of good players, great coaches. Uh, but you know, we all know that um, if you're not getting better in this league, you're getting worse. And the only way we're going to be good when it counts is if we continue to improve and continue to get better. And it seems like you're able to win in a number of different ways. Throwing the ball, you ran the ball, of course, against the Jaguars. You're the top rushing team in the NFL since Nick took over. Yeah. Is this the best? feeling about running the ball that you've had with O-line and running backs and your quarterback being able to run? Well, yeah, I mean, the quarterback's ability to run with Jalen um, gives us a lot of advantageous looks. You know, it makes the defense uh, give us honest boxes, give us uh, numbers that are conducive. So, you know, for us, all we're looking to get is a hat on a hat. If we can if we can make the numbers right, we feel like we got the guys necessary to make the run game go. And uh, Jalen is a big reason why we get those numbers right. Uh, and then we also have great running backs, as you said, Miles Sanders, you know, Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell. I mean, it doesn't really matter who is getting the rock. I feel like we're ready uh, to go out with them, although Miles did have a tremendous game against the Jaguars. Um, so, uh, yeah, we have a lot of talent on the offense, a lot of playmakers, um, so we can do a lot of things. 
there's nobody better than Jeff Stoutland in football. Um, when you're able to use RPL, zone read, the inside zone, outside zone, all the things you're doing, the yeah. variety of runs, um, how do you defend that when you have a quarterback like Jalen? I mean, it's hard. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you, you – I don't know. I, I don't know how defense is a, like a game plan for something like that. Um, obviously, you know, the moment you're a uh, game planner for the uh, – for the reads on the end, all of a sudden you're getting hit with an RPO. Or the moment you're game planning for the RPO, or, uh, you know we're hitting you with a downhill uh, attack run play where you, it's 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 uh, taking advantage of soft linebackers. I mean that's the back and forth, and uh, you know Stout is among the best at uh, factoring all those things in and really putting together a game plan that's conducive uh, for what he feels we're going to see on game day. And then on top of that, in terms of game time adjustments. Um, I mean, we saw it last week against the Jaguars struggling in the first quarter. All of a sudden, boom, second quarter, we get to some things, and uh, the running game pops huge. So, um, yeah, I think Stout is renowned as being, uh, if not the best, uh, certainly up there. Uh, I think he's the best, but, um, you know, for a reason, and it's because of the consistency at which um, he's dialed up these things for his tenure in Philadelphia. It's interesting when you look back at your Super Bowl year, mm-hmm. Doug was in his second year, Nick's in his second year now. Yeah. The quarterback took a leap, uh, mm-hmm. and Jalen Hurts has taken a leap. I see the locker room celebration yesterday. I heard dreams and nightmares playing. <laughs> I mean, are you getting that that special vibe? Well, yeah, whenever you're winning, you, it's going like that. You know, I think we do have a, we have a great blend of personalities on this team, and we have a coach that uh, really embraces guys being themselves. Um, you know, I think you see a lot of guys um, getting uh, noticed in the media or getting noticed uh, by the fans, and that's a good sign. You know, I don't. I think a bad. You know, the the burden of of being the guy is too strong for, I think, anyone. Um, when you have a lot of guys that are out there making plays, a lot of guys that are out there, uh, you know, giving of themselves to others to their teammates. Uh, that's when you have the mark of a, t- of, of a good team and something special. And I really do. I think Nick, similar to Doug Peterson, similar to Andy Reid. I mean, he's he's very much a guy that uh, wants guys to embrace their personalities and let it show. And uh, you know, you're seeing great sound bites from you know my man Slay, Brandon Grant. I mean, it's it's really been fun. And uh, you know, I think uh, if we keep winning, it'll continue being fun. And we've heard some good sound bites out of you with your new podcast, your brother. A lot of fun, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, we've talked about it for a while. And then I think, um, one, meeting the right group to really put it together and produce it and make it as easy as us and seamless in season, especially, um, and uh, make it a good product, uh, really kind of was the, the big factor in getting us to finally commit to doing it. And for us, I mean, it's been great because we just get to get together, talk for an hour or two every uh, Tuesday. And, um, I mean, that's not a bad gig. And I love talking to Travis. <laughs> so a lot of times in season, unfortunately, I don't get to talk to him as much because we have so much going on. You're focused on the next opponent, you the family, the kids, all these things going on. So to really have a designated time to just 
talk to Trav and catch up. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been a fun listen. So listen to uh, your yeah, podcast. Heights, there, you go. there you Get go. Get that plug in there. Um, <laughs> anyway, we heard your soundbite about uh, fat Batman, but fat, Slay yeah. says, no, you're sexy uh, Batman. Yeah, <laughs> Slay's always got my back. You know, I can be fat and sexy. I don't think those are two mutually exclusive things. Uh, so, yeah, I think, um, man, Slay's been on when he had, he, he's been having a bunch of great lines. <laughs> he's, uh, he's really turned into, I mean, he's always been one of my favorite teammates, but uh, he's finally got the the C on his jersey this year. Um, he's turned into such a great energy, uh, like booster for our team, for yeah. our for our, for everyone in that locker room. Um, he's got energy every day. He really, you know, makes you excited to come to work. Uh, you're just happy when you see him. You know, you're gonna have a smile on your face. You know, he's gonna say something funny or something good. So. Um, He's been a joy ever since he got here, and it's only getting better. And it's good he's getting the recognition for the player that he is, because maybe in Detroit, you know, you're not getting a lot of that recognition. Yeah, I mean, when you're on good teams, good players get recognition. And um, Slay's been a very, very good player his entire career. Uh, I think what you're seeing now is obviously he's, it seems like he's only getting better at this point. Uh, but it's happening uh, on a defense right now that is – pretty darn stifling you know they're a really really good defense he's locked up one of the best receivers in the game uh against the vikings so he's rightfully so getting all of those accolades and um couldn't happen to a better guy couldn't happen to a better teammate and did you actually get the fat sexy batman cape yet is there is there i don't, I don't think i have a cape no no i think uh, I'll, I'll just uh at some point maybe something will pop up but no cape yet all right, well, maybe on the podcast, your brother will hook it up and maybe have somebody deliver one. <laughs> That'd be a good episode. How about Jalen Hurts as far as the running game? Um, it, is he basically in control of the running game? Nick has talked about how he's getting you guys out of some bad plays. Sure. And, and how much does he set up what kind of running play you're going to go with? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously the, the game plans and everything comes through Stout and, and, and Shane and Nick. But, you know, Jalen um, – is in charge of making all the adjustments at the line in terms of uh, getting to a different play, recognizing the defense, whether we're going to go from a run play to a pass play, pass play to a run play, you know, switch the run concept up. Uh, you know, he's really, obviously, the more he reps he gets, the older he gets, the more confident he understands all of these things. He's going to be given more and more control over all that. And um, he gets us out of a lot of bad situations, whether it's the pre-snap adjustment or just his post-snap talent, you know. I mean, a guy that can um, either, you know, take a blown blitz assignment, like we saw in Detroit multiple times, unfortunately, um, and take a bad play on a third down, all of a sudden turn it into a first down, uh, that's a pretty big uh, boost for the offense because not a lot of quarterbacks, not a lot of players can do that. Um, so he's got a unique skill set that allows him to do a lot of things. Uh, mentally, he's only getting better, obviously, with experience. Um, and he's been, it's been fun to play with him and uh, watch him through these first four games. And forgive me if I saw something and, and it wasn't what I saw. I think, you know, obviously snaps are an issue when it's raining. Oh, my gosh. You yeah. know, that's no fun. Yeah. Uh, did did, uh, did Jalen, no pun intended, did he snap at you one time? I, I saw him maybe kind of get in your face a little bit. I mean, uh, I don't think he oh. snapped at me, but maybe he did. I get snapped at a lot, so I, I, it's hard to keep track. But. but but how about that level of leadership at yeah, this point? I think um, he's always had the leadership aspect to him. It's one of the be best things I've appreciated about him. Um, you know, he's a very consistent individual. Uh, he's a very confident individual. Um, 
So I think he's, to be quite frank, I think he's been a great leader from the moment he got into this building. Um, and what the only thing that changes is as you have success, as you um, win games, as you have more um, time proving it on the field, uh, that leadership becomes stronger in the eyes of everyone else. So I think uh, intangible-wise, that kid's had that stuff from the moment I met him. What's impressed you the most on the field with him this year, the improvements that he's made with his game? I, I don't know that – you know, it, it'd, it'd be hard-pressed for me to say – that. I, I mean, I really don't think he's that different from the moment he's been here. Obviously, he's more confident. He's older, so he understands things more. You know, he's he's got more experience. Um, but he's largely the same guy. I think the biggest thing that I see is just – a guy that feels more confident and collected and makes decisions quicker as a result. Um, you know, he's had a chance to retain the same offensive system with Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni and Stout for the last year. And all of these guys, um, he feels more confident and comfortable with all of these calls, these plays, the terminology. Uh, so you're seeing a guy who in the pocket uh, looks confident and, and he's poised and he is making quick decisions, making accurate throws as a result. Um, those are the things I see out of Jalen, which um, those are all improvements. But as a guy, I don't think much has changed about Jalen. Brandon Graham recently said that he thought there's no doubt in his mind that this team is more talented than that team that won the Super Bowl. Mm. What do you think <laughs> about that? I don't know. That's, that's, I, I think he, uh, Man, let me think. You know, I don't know. It's tough to say. <laughs> we had a really, really talented roster that year. Um, and I think, um, I mean, Doug Peterson said so much. He said that that team in 2017 in that preseason was more talented than some of the teams we won the Super Bowl with in Green Bay. Yeah. So, you know, I think this team is very talented. I think uh, – is it more talented? I don't know, but it's close, um, which is which means it's got enough talent to win. Yeah. yeah, I remember Kobe Bryant towards the end of his career. He said maybe for the first you know bunch of years of his career he was very guarded and measured with what he said publicly and everything, and then mm -hmm. he just said, "F it, I'm just going to be open with the public and and give you my true feelings." Yeah, you know, you got a podcast now. Yeah. Uh, you, you let the Eagles come with you, I believe, for your surgery. Yeah. You're, you're pretty open about a lot of stuff now. Are you at that point, you really want to share a lot of this with the fans? Or, or why do you think you're more open at this point? I don't know. That's a good question. I think, I think, um, I do feel more open. I do feel like I am, uh, you know, more willing to be myself and more um, willing to talk about really anything. Um, I think part of that just comes with age. I think the older people get, the more they just kind of get that way. <laughs> and uh, it's like, yeah, whatever, I'm gonna say what I want and what is on my mind and you're gonna hear it whether you like it or not. Um, and I think part of it's confidence and experience. And I think, you know, when when you've been through things and you, you, you think there's a right way to do it or you, you've been, or you want to be able to share things with people. And yeah, I don't know. I think I definitely feel that way though. Yeah. Brandon also, Brandon Graham said, you know, he's under a one year deal. 
and he's savoring every moment because he's looking at this as possibly his last year. That's the way he's playing. How are you looking at this year? Do you look at that the same way? I do. I mean, I've looked at, honestly, like the last three years as though they'd be my last years. Um, I think when you – I don't know that you should ever look at a season like it's not – is every snap you go out there could be the last one you ever take. Um, you know, I remember my dad growing up, and then once I got to the NFL, he's like, you know, you never know when you can walk off the sidewalk and never play football again. And I think um, that's the mindset you have to have in this game. If you're too long-term focused, too much, you know, what's happening next year, it's okay, I always got next year. I remember Brent Selleck in 2017 season, before we started the season, really, it was like before the first game, came up and talked about how he went to uh, the NFC Championship his second year in the league. 2008 like, season? Yeah. yeah. And he was like, you know, they they lost. And he's like, you know what, we'll be back there next year. You know, it took him 10 years to get back there. Yeah. So I really think, you know, in this league, you can't focus on anything more than really what's right in front of you. If you're focused on too many other things, you're doing yourself and your team and uh, everybody a disservice. I'm amazed by you sometimes uh, watching from the press box. I think there was a game up at MetLife last year where you you got hurt during the game, Mm -hmm. and then you had to come out for a little while, and I saw you just pacing up and down on the sideline. You're trying to work through your your stuff. Um, And I remember talking to Travis at the Super Bowl week, and he related a story about playing hockey when you were playing hockey growing up, and something about, you know, like you were going to, like your leg's falling off, but you're going to play. Is there, I mean, you're 126 straight starts, right? So far, yeah, I don't have any wood to knock on, but yeah, we're 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 up there. Yeah, I mean, what would keep keep you out of a game? It's pretty incredible all the things you've played <laughs> yeah. with. No, I'll, I mean, I'll pl- as long as I can play and function and be a sh- like a a productive teammate, I'm going to go out on the field. Um, so, I mean, some, there are serious injuries that would keep me out. Hopefully, that doesn't happen. I've been very fortunate over these last 126 games to not have one that's been able to keep me out. Uh, but in this league, you're always fighting over something. And, um, you know, everybody on that field has some type of thing nagging them or some injury. Maybe the first game you get to, you're good. But after that, everybody's got something. And um, I don't know. It's a mindset. I think, you know, I think you try and understand that you're not going to be 100%. Don't have the idea that you're going to feel healthy going with the idea that, you know, it is what it is and you just got to get find a way to get it done and, and be there for your teammates if you can. Um, I don't know if that was ingrained in me from my parents. My brother sure seems to try and do the same thing. Um, my hometown community or hockey, I don't know which one did it, but, yeah, I think I definitely have that mindset. Yeah, you do have a hockey guy mindset because, I mean, these guys, <laughs> I mean, you know, guys have taken pucks to the mouth. Their teeth are all out. And yeah, it's like a trophy when you lose a tooth at hockey. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. How about you and your brother? Um, it's an awesome podcast. And I was thinking about it the other day, and I mm-hmm. even asked Rube. Yeah. Uh, and I said, are there any brothers in the Hall of Fame? And he said he didn't think so. There's no pair of brothers in the Hall of Fame. I don't think so. Not yet. I think um, the Matthews brothers, Bruce and Clay, are the closest ones. And then Eli and Peyton, obviously. Yeah. But but I'm thinking, like, you know, you, the number of all-pros you've had, mm-hmm. there's only, I think, three other centers that have ever had as many all-pros, and they're all in the Hall of Fame. Do you think about that, that you and your brother could one day be in the Hall of Fame together? Um, you know, it's I think you 
like anything, you, you see articles or you see people say things. And it's hard to um, fathom, to be honest with you. It's easy to fathom Travis being in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he's going to be one of the career-leading receivers in tight end history um, when it's all said and done. Uh, I just know for my sake that uh, I've had a lot of all pros and I've had a lot of really good recognition. But boy, does a lot of that come at the hands of all of my teammates and Jeff Stoutland. Um, you know, I, I'm a very good player. I have a really good skill set, uh, but I am not without weaknesses. Um, and Stout does his best to put me in a position to exploit my strengths. I've played next to guys like Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson, Jason Peters, Todd Harriman's, Isaac Sayamalu, Landon Dickerson now, Evan Mathis. I mean, I've played it next to so many great players that have really allowed me to play at my best. Um, I've played with unbelievable running backs. Um, it's really, uh, what I'm getting at is a Hall of Famer to me is somebody who was scheme independent and was so good that it didn't matter what team they went on, they were going to be that good. And I don't think I'm that player, so it's hard to imagine myself in the Hall of Fame. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, I guess that's the best way I can answer it. <laughs> so it would be a pretty unbelievable honor if that were of course, yeah, I mean, Of course, yeah, of course, yeah. It would yeah. be, be an incredible honor, but, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, your, uh, your shirt, Underdog. Underdog. I mean, there's no better speech in the history of Philadelphia. <laughs> and, and I think you more than almost anybody I can think of that comes to mind can identify with Philadelphia. So what does it mean yeah. to start this clothing line yeah and then also you're, you're helping raise money for a foundation that you're starting that's right yeah um you know i've had an idea of i've wanted to start a foundation for a long time uh but i've never really wanted to force it i've wanted to let it happen organically and i've just through talking with people in the city and finally meeting the right people that have really helped me brand it and and market it and really set it up because those are things that are not my skill set um, and really give me direction with it. Uh, we finally uh, got it going. Um, I feel really, really confident that it's going to be something that Philadelphia can be proud of, which is a, a, a really important uh, thing for me with the foundation. Uh, there's a reason it's not the Jason Kelsey Foundation. There's a reason I don't want my face on it. I want this thing to be about the city of Philadelphia. I want this thing to be about, you know, taking what I think is one of the, the biggest strengths of this city, which is its pride and focusing it in an area that um, one is going to be good for Philadelphia, but two is going to help a lot of kids and other people reach their dreams and their potential. It's great. And uh, you can go to underdog Twitter site, right? Yeah. Underdog, underdog PHL. Yep. And, and then the website underdog PHL.com. Yeah. It's all, it's all up on the Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can check out uh, B Philly uh, foundation. If you want to find out more on the uh, actual uh, what, what, what the money is going to go to to help, uh, but um, yeah, all that stuff's up and running. Finally launched, uh, and which is feels good because it's been in the works for a while. Well, that's great, and 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 you're back on Twitter. I, I am and, back on Twitter. I'm and you're on, on Instagram. I'm on all all the social medias, <laughs> uh, largely to either try and promote the foundation, connect with fans, or the podcast I'm doing with my brother. Nice. Well, a yeah. couple, couple fun questions to finish. Um, sure. I saw you mention that you thought it would be a great idea with the Pro Bowl technically going away, and they're going to have the competition. Yeah. a hot dog eating contest. Yeah. 
I'm in on that. I think that's a great <laughs> one. I think I there I mean, I'm excited about it. You know, the opportunities are endless of what you can do with this thing. Um I think we can all agree that the Pro Bowl game was a little bit lackluster. It's yeah. fun always seeing stars out there and uh doing things, but you know, the reason people tune in, I think, on Sundays besides having this sense of loyalty and, and hope that their team can be great is to see com- competition, to see people truly competing against each other. So that wasn't necessarily happening in the Pro Bowl game, I think we can all say. And I think now we're going to see some some interesting games, some interesting activities, and uh, some stuff that will be fun and unique. Uh, I hope they get really creative. Um, if they need any ideas, I'm more than willing <laughs> to brainstorm with them. Uh, you know, I think there's there's a lot of fun things that we can do with that. Um, so, yeah. I love it. So, who on the Eagles offensive line, out of all you guys, would win a hot dog eating contest? Because you're in the lunchroom with these guys some days. So, if Stefan Wisniewski was still on the team, hands down, Stefan Wisniewski. <laughs> that dude would eat, no joke, eight eggs for breakfast with sausage. I mean, he would just house food. <laughs> More than I've seen. Um, right now... I don't know. I mean, Lane is looking lean, so I don't know if it'd be Lane. He's not putting that stuff in his body right now, is he? But he eats a lot of calories. Yeah. He's just got one of those body types, those metabolisms, where he can freaking house food and still yeah, have a six-pack. Yeah. (laughs) At 320 pounds or whatever he is. (laughs) I don't have those genetics, but I think he, um, you know, he's a – he would be up there because he can house some food when he needs to. I would say either probably Lane – a Jordan, you got to put Jordan up there. I mean, huge. Yeah, he's enormous. Yeah. Landon Dickerson. Um, I, if I was a bet man, I'd probably put my money on Lane. Okay, Lane. Lane. Wow. I don't bet against Lane very often. <laughs> <laughs> Some people have, and they've paid for it. Yeah, right. That's funny. Um, how about you with your Super Bowl speech? I don't know if this is out there. Somebody told me you were not scheduled to speak at the Super Bowl parade. <laughs> Well, is that true? I don't know if that was or not. I went up to the Eagles uh, two days before the parade. I think it was two days and asked them, you know, what's the who's speaking is like, you know, is there like a schedule up? Like, um, and like, well, we haven't made that yet. I was like, do you want us to let you know if you're going to talk? And I was like, yeah, I think I got something to say if, you know. I, if I could, I would love to be able to speak. You did have something so to say. I don't say. know if they were going to schedule me or not, but <laughs> I, I went in there a little proactively. Um, I knew that I, I thought I had something good um, that was swirling around in my head. And um, so, yeah. I mean, the most unbelievable speech in the history. We, we've had popes here, we, Declaration of Independence, <laughs> greatest speech in the history of Philadelphia. <laughs> I'm telling you, in the, in the city with the rich history. <laughs> yeah. I will take um, I will take being one of the best. I will not call it the greatest speech in Philadelphia history, but nobody's probably had more YouTube views in the history of Philadelphia speeches, well, they, right? They didn't have YouTube in 1776. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to say that. <laughs> how about uh, how about a fun fact? I read this in the media guide. Is it true? Before games, a lot of guys will listen to, to music to get them going. No. Do you really listen to Christmas music? I did. I still listen to it every once in a while. Um, you know, recently I've been on a big war on drugs kick because I've yeah. uh, pretty good friends with uh, a few of the guys in the band. Um, so, but I do listen. Chris, I, I like listening to music um, that kind of puts you in a happy uh, mood um, and really gets you know your endorphins going, put, makes you feel uh, you know good. Yeah. Um, and then you know, 
once the game gets started, all that goes to aggression and testosterone and energy. But for some reason, uh, that's always been something that's clicked for me is, you know, uplifting music right before you go out there. And uh, I have so many great memories from Christmas growing up. Uh, you know, my dad would always get a second job around the holidays so that he could afford to get whatever Christmas gift Travis and I had our eye on. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, always went, you got it, worked at a kiosk at a candy store kiosk in the mall in our hometown. So, That's cool. um, you know, we had, we had, we had some really good Christmases growing up. See, I'm just picturing though some somebody like next to you listening to Meek Mill, and you got Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer going. Yeah, like... maybe not Rudolph, but yeah, there's <laughs> there's some, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'll listen to Meek Mill too though. I don't shy away from that. Yeah, I get a good blend on game day. You do, <laughs> but really, Christmas songs before games—that's pretty cool. Yeah, I used I, to. I used to do it more. Yeah. I haven't done it in a while, but um, it used to be a tradition. That's very cool. So I asked a couple people, like, if I could bring up something funny with you, get a funny story. Okay. So I was told to ask you about the bocce story. The bocce story? I don't even know what we're talking about. For real? No, bocce oh, story. Oh, man. All right. I, I I asked your mom. I texted your mom. Oh. And I said, man, this can you is give way me something back. funny? That this would is get, way back. Just um, to, a funny story. She said, ask him about the bocce story. This is an old story. Me and my brother were um, out back, and we loved to play basketball. And for some reason, we couldn't find uh, the basketball. Uh, so instead of dribbling, we just grabbed a bocce ball, and we're throwing it in the basketball hoop. And uh, <laughs> I can see where this is going. Yeah, it was not. <laughs> it would be not that bad of an idea if my dad's car was not parked <laughs> directly next to it. And uh, sure enough, uh, I went in for a layup. It dinged off of the uh, rim and went right into the windshield. And uh, that was uh, one of the many times that uh, glass was broken in our household growing up. And uh, dad was not too happy with that That's one. That's funny. Well, yeah. I mean, when I was growing up, I'd play the street hockey, but I started to use the garage doors as the, the boards. Yep, yep. And those crashed over one time, so not good. Did you do that too? We, uh, we never crashed the doors open, but there were lots of dents and holes in the yeah. door from either lacrosse balls, hockey pucks, baseballs hitting it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the sign in the neighborhood you're going to have future professional athletes, so that's a good sign. Yes, that's a sign of children are having fun outside. <laughs> you know, it's going to maybe not look so uh, good to the eye, but it, uh, it warms your heart when you see that. Yeah, well, very cool. And uh, Underdog is the new apparel. Go out and get it. I mean, that's a great, great logo there. I mean, yeah. I mean where did that come from? Lane Johnson and Chris Long. Yep, it's amazing. That's awesome. Jason, we appreciate awesome. you taking the time. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, John. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts 
to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.